You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Tony Groves and David Flowers. Hey, guys. Hey, Mike. Good evening. All right, uh, we've got a lot of stuff this week, so let's get right to it. Uh, NIS at Darlington. Um, I'm still hot about that. got my Darlington that. stripe, that's for sure. Uh, did you guys get your stripe? Oh, I got my stripe and a bug to go with it. I'm still upset about that. <laughs> and with Tony, I know you didn't. you don't have the track yet, so you didn't get to run this week, but... No, no, I thought for fun I'd just go out and uh, run into a wall on the side of my truck there and see if uh, see if that'd get me any points, but it didn't that's, work out in my favor. That's pretty much how it works, so uh, let's talk about my race anyway. Uh, Wednesday fixed, unbelievable, P4. I'm so happy with that. I actually ran top 10 all day. I was second for lots of the laps, um, but I kind of faded at the end to, down to fourth. Um, it was a great race. Um, you know, and I, I earned it. I was running top 10 the whole time. It wasn't like I, I got it on strategy. I didn't get it because I wasn't in the top 10. I got in there somehow. I was running top 10. I finished P4. I was running P2. It was a great race. Uh, now flowers, you were running that with me or you were in another split. And you finished unbelievably 19th after three blown engines. Yeah, um, <clears throat> that's also due to the fact that our session got bugged. There was a, a, a caution came out, and the pace car never took the caution. So we literally did 133 laps, I think it was, under caution at race speed. Oh, yeah, that was Sunday night. I was talking about Wednesday. Oh, yeah, I kept getting stuck behind. That was behind. the first time, right? That was the first day you had the, you were running it? Yeah, and I kept just getting stuck behind people that didn't know how to run the track. They were all over the place. And, like, I'm losing all this time to the leader, and I'm trying to get by this guy, and he just ain't moving, and I, I thought I had it, and then somebody else got wrecked as we were coming up, and wouldn't you know, they catch me, and it just... I like Darlington. I learned a lot, but if this keeps up, I'm going to be back at a C license in no time. <laughs> it is uh, a very tough track. Uh, uh, opened on Wednesday. I started 22nd. I got up to the lead, actually, and led a bunch of laps. So I was backed up my, my fourth place finish by running well in the open. I actually got spun out while leading from behind. And then I, like was at the at tail end and I worked my way back up to second and got wrecked out running second by some bonehead who had been causing all the cautions all night long. Uh, he finally got me, uh, you know, he finally caught up to me and got me apparently. So, uh, but regardless, uh, I ended up wrecked, but really happy with how I ran. Actually, I was running good until I got wrecked. <laughs> Darlington, uh, Kind of seems to be uh, your track now. I know you're a super speedway guy, but uh, this one might just opened up that uh, that space for some of these tracks. 
You know, it's about survival. I mean, at the end of these races at Darlington and NIS, only a third of the field is finishing. In the lower splits that David was in, even fewer than that. And um, so it's a huge race of attrition, and I'm just good at survival. I, I'm good at racecraft, and I'm not about going fast. I'm about keeping it off the wall and um, and and being aware of my surroundings, you know, and not getting wrecked and that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I just had a, a really good day on Wednesday. Uh, Thursday fixed. I ran that. I ended up P13. Still not a bad result out of uh, 30-some cars, you know. I did get door slammed three different times by three different guys. I felt like I was a magnet out there. Um, Tyler uh, Conroy, our teammate, uh, he was actually uh, racing in the split above me, uh, was leading uh, several laps. He led uh, the majority of the laps, and he had a connection issue and got completely disconnected from TeamSpeak. He dropped out of his server, obviously, and actually never got back online after that and uh, obviously had a bad result. Yeah, man, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> technology at its finest. I mean, he was, uh, he's already had seven or eight wins this year, and he was working on another one for sure, uh, based on what he was telling me, how he was leading all those laps. So, uh, Sunday night, uh, it was three of us. Uh, David, you ran with uh, uh, me and Tyler Conroy. Uh, again, Tyler Conroy got wrecked while leading. That was the end of his race, and I think he left fairly early um, after getting wrecked. And uh, I finished, unbelievably, P5 on the fixed on Sunday. Now, this is the... This is what I'm talking about when I mean attrition, this, this race example. I got in a big wreck. I had four minutes damage. And then I had some guy actually during a caution take me out under caution. Like I'm going down the back stretch. I'm just coming out of turn two. I'm at regular pace speed. And he comes flying out of pit road and ran right into the side of me. That caused an additional four minutes for a total of eight minutes total. So I was like trying to, I was keeping it on the lead lap and I would go in and get, you know, 20 seconds repair, 20 seconds repair, you know, and just keep working on it. And there were so many cautions. I eventually got that down to, I don't know, just a couple minutes left. I think, uh, I had to fight temperatures the whole time. Uh, David, you probably remember I was, I kept saying oil's hot, oil's hot. And I literally had to slow down to keep the oil from blowing up the engine uh, because it would get too hot, and I had, and like sometimes I would even clutch it going down the straightaway. If I did that, it would drop like three degrees automatically. So it was a like if it was getting really hot, I would just clutch it, and uh, for just a couple seconds going down the straightaway, it made a huge difference. But regardless, I, I fought those temps and, and kept the engine alive. Ended up bringing it home P five on the lead lap. Uh, unbelievable finish after eight minutes damage and. Uh, unbelievable i can't believe that race that was so much fun i when i had the eight minutes damage i was sitting on pit road i'm like there's no way i'm gonna get a good result tonight and if you stay in it and you keep it you know going it can happen i mean i got a top five unbelievable now david i want to talk about your race a little bit that night you were in the bottom split and you as you mentioned before you had a pace car bug now we haven't heard of the pace car bug in a long time I mean, it, it usually happens at Bristol. Um, anyway, I pulled up your results after the race was over. And 
to see what happened. And unbelievably, uh, this race went unofficial. Yeah, and it really sucked, especially for me, because like you said, it was an attrition. So I got I got wrecked and I sat in the pits for 35 minutes, 35 minutes just sitting here. And I got back out on track. I was like 70 laps down and I just started plugging away. And with my damage and everything, I still had a very hard time keeping it off the wall. It's hard enough keep it, keeping it off the wall of the clean car. When you have a damaged car, it's even worse. So I was up to a 20X by the time the race ended. So, it, it you know, my safety rating was shot. But I came all the way back to P10. And then later on, you're like, no, you finished in 22nd. I'm like, why did I even run that race? Why? Well, I'm looking at the result. You only lost .09 SR. You didn't lose it. Nobody lost any IR because it's unofficial. Um, and here's the interesting stats on this. There were three cautions and over 177 laps over three cautions. So you, you guys ran 177 caution laps. Yeah, because, again, wait, 177, there's... I, I could have sworn we ran 30 under green. I don't know. It, it well, felt wait, now like... How long was the race? I think it was... It's longer the, than that. The, the, the race was 184 laps. Okay, so 177 of those you ran under caution, apparently, because that's what it says on the results. But uh, that's crazy. I mean, and I thought it would stay official and that's what it i think it used to do when i've had heard this bug before and so people would always finish the race regardless because they didn't want to lose their their i rating but what turned out is for whatever reason it went unofficial on yours and nobody got really affected except for sr yeah and that's both a blessing and a curse but you know it's i don't know I, i've never seen that you know i've I've seen bugs from other people and stuff. I've never experienced any myself, and that was the first one. So, Now, let's be clear. You were running at speed. You were running like it was green as fast as you could, and there were no yellows, no matter if people wrecked out or not. That's the way it felt like as a driver, right? It was a green flag race. It felt like a green flag <clears throat> I can't talk tonight. It felt like a green flag race. The only problem was is there's a giant... You know, the, the yellows waving in the top left corner of your screen saying, you know, stay behind the pace car or stay behind, you know, such and such car. And we're just running, ignoring that because it, it didn't matter. And now I had asked you, are the laps clicking off? So you'd go to, you know, standings under F1 key and you would see the lap number changing. So it was counting your laps as you guys went around. Yeah, I mean, one, once it was counting everybody's laps, and once I got back on the track, you know, it, we, we got the checkered flag and everything, and then it's, like, unofficial. And, I, you know, like I said, I've only been doing this again for a couple months. I had no idea what that meant, you know, I and I waited for, like, 10 minutes for the results to post. It never did, so I until you said I lost .9 SR, that's, I thought I lost a lot more, to be honest. Well, it's a long race. There's lots of corners, so that makes your corner per incident number better. Um, so, well, it worked out. I mean, I think, I mean, you finished 20th, so you would have probably had a negative IR if it was official. 
Um, so you got a zero instead, so it probably was okay that it, that happened. But what a incident! Now I've watched the forums. I didn't see anybody report this to iRacing. One so. guy said he was going to because he said he was recording the whole thing. Because we're like, because so, I heard somebody else be like, I hope somebody's recording this, and he's like, I am. I'm gonna send it here once once we're done. So I I don't know if his recording got corrupted or what, but I you know. I, I don't know how to report stuff like that to iRacing, and I didn't have any video evidence evidence to show it. So, so and <clears throat> did you see the pace car? Could you see it? Like, it was it on pit road, or was it stuck in the wall, or what? No, it was just sitting on pit road. Like that. Like we we were running like normal, and a caution came out. Like everybody slowed down, and then the pace car just never came on the track. It just they were out to lunch. That's crazy. Well, Darlington's over. We're on to Richmond. It's going to be a very exciting week, which we'll talk about later in the show uh, because of a bug fix. Um, but uh, what do you guys think about Darlington? What was your takeaway? Uh, are you ready for Richmond? I'm, I'm glad I got the experience. You know, like I'm, I'll be happy when we run it again next time and I'll improve, you know, so that, that way, you know, I, I already kind of know what the track's going to do. And, you know, that's, honestly 90% of the battle, but, but I'm ready to move on to my home track and run Richmond cause I'm three hours from there. So, well, I, you know, you did good for the first week there. Uh, you got a lot of laps under your belt and that's going to pay off next time. Absolutely. So, uh, you gained a lot of good experience this week. So yeah, let's uh, move on to Richmond. Uh, I'm excited. We'll talk about that in a minute. Let's move on. Uh, let's talk about other racing you might've done besides NIS this week. Uh, I'll start out. Uh, I ran some hosted stuff, um, and I ran a Carb Cup and Delara Dash Pickup Cup. I actually won Pickup Cup last night. Uh, I also won uh, a, a hosted race that I had already talked about on a previous podcast, uh, where it's the Talladega with a Gen 5 car with no restrictor plate uh, that Mitchell Qualls, uh, uh, he hosts those races on a regular basis. And I jumped into a couple of them, and I think the second one, I actually won it. Um, I was leading for a while. They were not far behind me. I couldn't really get away. But at one point, the the pack right behind me all wrecked. And so I was literally by myself for the end of the race. And what they do is they put a low amount of fuel in the car, where if you go at full steam, the full 13 laps or whatever it is, you'll actually not make it on fuel. And so I heard somebody talking about that, and I noticed, and so I started saving because I didn't have anybody behind me. So I started backing off to, like, literally half throttle for the last five or six laps just to nurse it to the end. And sure enough, I ran out of fuel coming out of three and four uh, to the checker and just coasted across for the win. But uh, it's kind of fun to win those hosted races. Uh, Another thing I wanted to talk about, about Mitchell Qualls, uh, the guy who hosts those, you probably, if you've been in hosted, you've, you've seen his name. He, he's always hosting a race 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a, a year for several years now. Um, I actually talked to him uh, the other day in one of these races and I asked him, hey, what does it take to do this? And he told me 280 to $300 a month is what he spends hosting uh, those events every month. That's crazy. Did he uh, 
did you ask him why? <laughs> well, I mean, we were in a, in a race. There were other people in the room, obviously. So, no, I wasn't, like, given a, a Q&A. But uh, I felt like I wanted to ask him, you know, are you, like, filthy rich? Are you, like, a millionaire or something? I mean, what's going on? But, no, he has no problem at all dropping 280 to $300 uh, in hosted every month for several years. I mean, if some people, like, some people got the extra money, and that's what they want to do. You know what I mean? That's awesome, man. If I was a millionaire, maybe I would be like Mitchell Qualls, and I would, you know what? Let's just put up a hosted race all the time. Why not? What is it? Three hundred bucks a month? No problem. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it's really cool. And I know when you hover over it's something like uh, twenty six thousand races that he's hosted. Um, I mean, kudos to to Mitchell and. Uh, I, I've raced a few of those. I haven't done the, the Gen 5 yet. Um, I almost did, and then I got pulled away. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's really cool. It's just that that's my, my nagging question is why? <laughs> I'm not complaining, just, just wondering. And he's the only one who does such a thing that I know of. Uh, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. I did tell him thank you. I think some other people who were in the room also said that when they realized when he set out, you know, 280 to $300 a month, when he said that, it was like, what? <laughs> Cause I, everybody knows it's got to cut, you know, it does cost to host events. I don't know how much it is now, but um, it's like a buck or something. I don't know, but uh, 50 cents, 50 cents. Okay. So, but, and then how many did you say it says 28,000? Yeah, now don't quote me, but I believe it was twenty around twenty six five. Yeah, so I mean, do the math. I mean, that's a lot of cash, man. That's thirteen thousand five hundred dollars. <laughs> okay, uh, next topic: peak. They ran last week. Alfala Ray Alfala wins the first playoff race of the Peak Antifree Series at Darlington. Now, I missed the race. Uh, there is a really nice write-up um, on our ra- iRacing.com as well as uh, a video recap that uh, tells you about the event and so forth. Uh, pretty cool uh, that Ray got it done. He's obviously showing his experience out there as a champ. Oh, yeah, and he's, uh, you know, he's really doing well working his way towards a fourth championship. I mean, that's just awesome. Yep, good way to start the playoffs. Uh, Michael Conti was second. Uh, he finished 1.9 seconds behind Ray, and then Ryan Luza finished third uh, to nearly uh, keep pace with Alfala in the championship. Logan Clampett, who's been on our show before, he finished fourth, and Brian Schoenberg uh, came from 24th on the grid to finish fifth, barely beating Bobby Zielinski as the two crashed across the start-finish line. But, uh, yeah, pretty cool race. Uh, I did watch the uh, highlight reel, and it looked like a, it was fun to watch. Uh, I, I kind of sad I missed it. Now, what I didn't miss last week was uh, a different race they, they did on the same night, and we talked about this a little bit on the podcast last week, but it's called the NASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational Race. And... Uh, that was run as well, and we'll talk about who won that later in the in the podcast. Uh, 
but that all that was what I ended up watching uh and that happened right before the peak race. I think the timing was good um I think that maybe the peak race might have got more views because of the pro race right before it, and the pro race was actually a really short race too so uh but it's kind of like a you know like a warm up race before the main event It's kind of a neat idea. But anyway, uh, congrats to Ray Alfala. Let's jump into topics, uh, Tony. What's first? Well, back to the uh, the subject of the dynamic track issue and NIS. And, I mean, I don't think we'll be talking about it a whole lot more because it's getting fixed uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. All right. Um, you know... Thank God too, because uh, <laughs> there's been, there's been a lot of talk about it. Um, but uh, good job on iRacing, and good good job on the community for uh, you know pulling together and giving them the the information they needed to to see the see the problem and then fix the problem. And they you know they iRacing did a great job of getting that fix out real fast. Yep. And uh, we've said it before, but Matt Busa it, it was instrumental in getting this identified and pushing for a fix and john hammer uh obviously was the first guy that i saw that actually figured out what the issue is and he doesn't even work there uh he he knew exactly what the problem was and he stated it so you know several months ago actually on the forums uh and and so those guys thank you so much for pushing to get this thing fixed i actually sent john hammer a message after it was fixed after they announced that it will be fixed uh congratulating him on figuring out what the problem was uh, so far ahead of everyone else. Uh, but uh, let's let's uh, see what Daniel Garrison wrote. He's from iRacing. He said, During investigation, I found that the amount of energy going into the track, as reported by the clients to the server, was markedly less in the NIS race sessions. This would explain why the racing line stayed relatively static. The key to the problem is in the fact that lone qualifying session between the warm-up and the race. A bug causes part of the track to be in a state that prevents some track updates from being sent to the server during the following race session. This has been fixed and will be included in the S4 release scheduled for next week, thanks to those who provided useful information, etc. So, what does this mean? This means that if there's a lone qualifying session followed by a race event, dynamic track has not worked. It means the track didn't take temperature, and it never has. Uh, Somebody else on a different forum post figured out that it was John Hammer, actually. Or actually, no, I don't know who it was. Maybe it was John. He he indicated... uh, It's been seven seasons on the non-NASCAR iRacing series that's been affected by this. And as far as the NASCAR iRacing series, somewhere between one to two seasons have been affected by this. So for the last year and a half in NIS, we've been affected by this bug. So starting tomorrow, the bug will be fixed, and technically we will have dynamic tracks where the track actually heats up, which means we'll have multiple grooves that we wouldn't have had otherwise. So what you're saying basically is, Mike, is since tomorrow's a night race, track's going to tighten up. 
I'm not sure what's going to happen. I mean, I haven't, we haven't raced it. So uh, according to what Busa was putting in the forums uh, about how the Integrity League race went on uh, last night, uh, or I think, he, I, think, yeah, I think he did post about that, or he posted about maybe it was the peak race. But the grooves, he said the grooves widen up, and you can run wherever you want, you know, as the track gets warmer and takes rubber and so forth. So... Um, I don't know what to expect, but we'll see. I mean, I I think the thing to think about is not only NASCAR that's been affected. It's all series that had a lone qualifying. I'm talking road, too. I'm talking uh, SK Modifieds. I'm talking Legends. I'm talking Street Stock. You know, anything. All all that stuff has been affected by this bug. Gotcha. No, um, I'm sorry. I was thinking of that from a, like, in how Richmond the day is going to start, like, in the afternoon, and then it's going to get night, so the, the track's going to change. That's what I was thinking of, and I forgot iRacing doesn't have that yet. No, we don't have the the day-to-night thing, but the track will get warmer now when it wouldn't before, now that they fixed this. So I'm excited about Wednesday and to see how it, uh, what kind of racing we're going to have. Um, it's going to be awesome. I, I'm really excited. In fact, there's a lot of threads on the forums about the excitement. Everybody's talking about this. Um, hey, you know, what to expect? You know, what are we going to do about setups and, and so forth? Um, okay, so the other part of this, uh, Daniel Garrison also stated about the bug. He said, it was not a difficult fix once we f- the bug was found. The hard part was reasoning out precisely what was wrong when the systems all appeared to be working on the surface, no pun intended, but the track simply didn't heat up much. So that was really the problem, that the track just didn't heat up. But it was, tie- it was all something to do with tied to the lone qualifying, because if it had a lone qualifying, the track wouldn't heat up. If it had an open qualifying, the track would heat up. I mean, I, I'm glad they fixed it, and I'm glad we'll get to now see, you know, what happens. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, it's, uh, I don't know, Tony, we've been talking about this bug for weeks and weeks now, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's, it's cool. I mean, I, I didn't notice, um, but I'm, I'm sure this week I'm going to definitely notice uh, changes in the track. So really excited as well about that. It's going to be a real neat experience. Yeah, yeah. Me, me too. Definitely can't wait to see how it goes because, uh, like you said, Mike, I, I didn't even notice that. And I, I've been running both road and oval, and, you know, I'm 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 just learning to keep the, the vehicle on the track at this point. So, you know, something like that I didn't even notice. The thing about this is it never, ever, ever would have been fixed without people not giving up on when they think there's a problem. And that's exactly what happened with Busa and Hammer and those guys who just st- stayed on the issue, you know, and kept it at the forefront and kept saying this is a problem, you know, kept reporting it, reporting it. And so it got iRacing's attention. They looked at the replays. They finally figured it out, you know, boom. You know, and uh, but without the community, it wouldn't have been fixed. So it was really a a, a really neat thing how it worked out, um, where the community really pushed for the fix, and it finally happened. Did they say what 
they uh, did? Well, as John Hammer described in the past about this, when he when he speculated about what it might be, it's like as you go from one session to another, it sends the the track status or the state of the track and those kind of variables on to the next session, and it was just a switch or something. It was just like a, a missing. It should have been a one, and it was a zero or something like that. And and as Daniel Garrison said, it was an easy fix once they knew what to look for and what the, once they went find you know you know looking for it in the right place. And uh, but it was something like that where it didn't send the track status to the next session. Uh, it was something that was a bug in the loan qualifying section, you know, of the code. Gotcha. Just goes to show, you know, it, your 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 code never is perfect, even when you think it is. Right. They had no reason to think that we weren't using dynamic. We weren't experiencing dynamic track. The only way that they knew that we weren't was because we said we weren't on the forums. The people were complaining about it, you know, and and it, and it really had to get a move a movement of people to really get this thing going, but. It, it worked out, so I'm really happy about that. Let's move on to the next topic. Uh, Sim Expo 2017. The big event in Europe uh, that iRacing has gone to uh, in the past, I think maybe the last two or three years. Uh, Kevin Bobbitt posted up in the forums, hey, we're not going to be there this year. Uh, we will not have a booth. But he did say um, we will be at SEMA in Las Vegas this year, which is at the end of October. So they're doing, you know, they're trying something different. Yeah, they said they they um they won't have a booth this year, but uh iRacing is being used for the main event, so are they just going to have some simulators set up for people to to try out? Is that what they're getting at or Well, someone will have uh simulator set up it's you know probably running iRacing I don't think it's iRacing sponsored that's probably what they mean but uh yeah pretty cool what's next rallycross um more rallycross stuff coming up um more updates um tony gardner posted on the forums that uh that they're they're not everybody knows that they're not get it's not getting released with this uh next build but um that uh when they get comfortable with it uh it's likely going to be an in-season build um during uh the next season and they're hoping for before the december build so it kind of sounds a lot like the dirt release there um so maybe they'll they'll use that half season or whatever to uh you know have some good bugs worked out of it yeah so they're not going to be out in this release, but uh, maybe halfway through the next 13 weeks. So uh, that'd be like uh, late October, maybe November. Yeah, yeah, give them a little bit of time. And uh, there was another, uh, somebody posted up a question asking about a Joker lap in uh, Rallycross, and it was confirmed there will be a Joker lap. Um I thought this was really cool. I had no idea what a Joker lap was, so I looked it up, and basically, it's a uh, it, it's a it's a shortcut. It could be short or it could be long, but you within the race you have to do it at least once. Um, otherwise, you get penalized uh, uh, 
a whack of time at the end of the race. So let's explain it. It's a fork in the road, literally, on a racetrack. You either have to pick one side or the other, right? Yeah, that's that's kind of what, uh, what I figure it is. Yeah, it's like a split off of a track where you could go left or right, you know, and, and it all ends up back in the same spot on the track. But, uh, you know, one is going to, like you said, be longer or shorter than the other, and that's called the joker. Uh, so if you go, you have to go through there once during the race. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it could help or hinder you. Um, and which plays huge into strategy. Like when, when do you take that joker lap? Um, you know, that, that I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to rally cross. I don't, uh, I don't have any experience doing rally cross whatsoever, but, uh, it's really exciting. And this joker lap really looks cool. Well, I think the idea is like, you're right behind somebody and you want to pass him. You jump out, you take the alternate route that he's not on, you take the joker lap, and you might be able to get by him because it's shorter or whatever. And so that's kind of how it works. So that's what I've seen when I've watched Rally before. But uh, another thing that they confirmed was uh, there's going to be two cars, the Ford Fiesta and the VW Bug. Um, it says... If you own an existing track, you will get the Rally Cross configuration for free. We are not sure how many tracks will be released with the initial launch at this point. There's still a lot of testing and tweaking going on. That says Tony Gardner. All right, cool. I'll pick up the next topic. Uh, NASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational Series. Uh, we talked about this. I want to talk about the race itself uh, a little bit. Ben Kennedy, who's the grandson of NASCAR founder uh, Brian uh, Kennedy. Is that Brian Kennedy? <laughs> I don't remember. But he's uh, part of the NASCAR family. He runs uh, NASCAR Craftsman Trucks and some Xfinity, I believe. Uh, but anyway, he won... Uh, the initial victory in this iRacing event. Um, it was pretty cool. Uh, I actually watched uh, watched most of it. Um, they had it on YouTube Live, of course, and uh, it was at Iowa. And uh, pretty cool race. There was uh, some, some names in there you certainly recognize, like Christopher Bell, Ty Majewski, who led uh, in, for several laps at the beginning until he uh, almost spun, and then he never could catch up after that. So Chase Briscoe, Parker Kligerman, Ryan Truex, Garrett Smithley, Todd Gilliland, Harrison Burton, they were all in the race as well. So uh, pretty cool. Uh, NASCAR promoted it on their website at NASCAR.com as well. Yeah, I che- I was checking out their website there, and they they had actually a couple of posts on it. It was it was splattered all over the place. Um, you know, this is this is really cool. They're going to have another one coming up on the twelfth, and uh, you know, I hope I hope they get a lot of viewers and stuff because I I enjoyed. I didn't unfortunately get to see the whole race, but I did get to see the majority of it. And what I liked, it, it was fun. It was it was real neat to see those guys racing, and I'm looking forward to more of this. This is cool. Yeah. I think my only comment was there were a few names I didn't recognize. There were like five or six guys that I have no idea who these people are. Um, maybe they're 
some kind of NASCAR racer, and I just don't know them, but I'm pretty well versed in the sport. I, I, I would think that we would be able to find enough people that are real race car drivers in NASCAR that can run iRacing to fill this race with ever, with names that are known, you know. Let's get Ryan Blaney. Let's get Bubba Wallace. Let's get all these guys, you know. Um, now, they, they said last week they're going to add some cup guys at some point, too. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely going to be tuning in just to see who uh, who the drivers are, at least. Yeah, well, I mean, if they can keep this up and, you know, keep it going through the uh, through the off season, that would be awesome. I'm sure we'd see a lot more of the, the bigger names in the sport come out and try this thing out. Um, but I'm sure a lot of the those guys there right now are, are pretty focused getting into the playoffs of their, their own respectable uh, series and stuff. So maybe that's what's uh, has a little bit of it. Uh, yeah. To account for. Here. We're going right into the playoffs here. All right. Uh, next topic. What do you got, Tony? Well, we got a, a, a graphic up on the forums. Um, the, uh, the title is lap one versus lap 125 on um on a dirt track um they say 27 cars started um and holy cow it almost looks like it's an asphalt track by the time they were done um i didn't catch what track they were racing at eldora there we have it eldora and it was the uh pro late models um that's really really cool there's not a whole lot of dirt left on that track yeah, what's neat about this? It's a it's a GIF, I guess you call it, or a GIF, or whatever it is, where it alternates between the first picture and the second picture, and so you see the picture when it's brand new, and then you see the picture at the end of the race when there's no dirt left, like you said, and it's all like rubbered in. You know, it's like a real dark look to it. It's amazing the difference. Uh, in, in the track between the two and it's kind of neat to see a gif of it just to see uh wow it really is a huge difference yeah i thought yeah. most i thought most uh, dirt races were just sprints like 20 30 laps well i guess this this must have been some kind of a hosted event or something yeah it says lap 125 so uh i thought you couldn't put fuel in some of these cars so that's probably all they can run on fuel i guess all right let's <laughs> jump into the next one uh, pretty cool graphic though uh on twitter uh, it was noticed that uh iRacing is scanning with drones now and so we remember we saw the van at the Road America track the other day, and they were using a drone. Steve Myers took to Twitter to say, this is for terrain work. We're still laser scanning tracks. Because somebody had asked, isn't drone scanning not as accurate as laser scanning? But they're using the drone to just photograph the terrain, you know, the the hills, the you know, the tree placement, you know, the bush placement, all that kind of stuff. Because not only do they laser scan these tracks when they go to them, they also take photos. They take tons of photos. They have the really nice cameras, and they have cameramen that shoot hundreds and hundreds of photos. And so I think the idea is the drone uh, from above can capture some good video, you know, that's useful for these designers when they're designing the track. Every little bit helps. I mean, if that's less they got to 
you know, if that makes the work easier and gets us content faster, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, Kevin Iannarelli from iRacing uh, also stated the drone data will be used to build stuff outside of the track. So uh, he said we are always pushing forward with better ways to collect data. So pretty cool. Well, that topic we were talking about last week there, where we where they saw the uh, the iRacing van at one of the events, maybe um, maybe that's what they were uh, doing. Yeah, they could have been testing it. I don't know. I mean, we already have Road America. I don't think they're rescanning it, but uh, that's where they were spotted anyway. All right, what's next? Can a pure virtual racer handle a real-world sprint car? Um, Alec Bergeron proves yes. Yes, they can, um, against a lot of naysayers too, actually. Um, but he held his own. Um, we were, we talked about it last week, um, a little bit here with the, uh, um, <laughs> sorry, the, uh, yeah, we talked about this story last week. This is a new article. This one's on LinkedIn actually. So yeah, LinkedIn.com. You wouldn't think to find a racing article there, but <clears throat> they have a, a news section on LinkedIn called the pulse. And somehow Josh Hamilton got his uh, article published there on LinkedIn about uh, Alex's uh, race. And Alex actually finished sixth in his race uh, in in that uh, dirt car. Uh, really nice result. Yeah, not not only did he did he finish quite well, he um, he was running an underpowered car. Um, I believe it's a three oh six that he was running up against the three fifties. Um, they did a little bit of modification modifying to it to uh account for weight and stuff but uh you know he also had some other little uh on track incidents you know, i think he he clipped the wall and he might have got into another guy and stuff but um you know he uh he held his own and he showed he showed everybody that was watching and anybody um that had any kind of thing to say against it that no he you know he he can he can do it right right from uh right from my racing they uh he finished six and um, he was awarded the Hard Charger Trophy. So, you know, good on him. <laughs> that, that'd be a lot of fun. It's kind of neat how this article is documented. It's, it's not really an article, but more of a project. It has a project title, an objective, uh, and so forth. And it breaks it down into a hypothesis, variables, what test is what testing was performed, observations, and so forth. Maybe uh, he wrote it that way to fit into LinkedIn's, uh, you know, profile they're looking for. But uh, pretty cool. I, I actually uh, reached out, actually uh, reached out to Josh and Alex both on Facebook. Had uh, some conversations with them about them coming on the show actually in the near future. So hopefully uh, we're going to be able to have them on as a guest. I still want to. Um, I keep calling him Josh, but his name is Joel Hamilton. Sorry, Joel. Uh, but yeah, his name's Joel Hamilton, and he's the founder of this Virtual Two Reality TV. That's his uh, website. And uh, yeah, I'd like to get him on and let's talk about what he's doing. Like I said last week, I'm kind of curious how he's getting this thing funded. So I still haven't figured that out. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it, it would be really neat to to be able to get well, both of them actually get him on and, and get a fleshed out conversation about this because uh, th this could be something neat that, that takes off and just adds a 
that's another thing for us to follow. All right, next topic. iRacer Christopher Mattas. His name is spelled M-A-T-T-A-S. Uh, a friend of mine uh, from long ago. Um, I've raced with him in the past a lot. Uh, he's on iRacing. He does, a, I, I think, several leagues and whatnot, mostly. But uh, he had some problems. Um, and he basically was posting a GoFundMe to try to get some help because he had to have emergency surgery. Uh, he was misdiagnosed. He went to the hospital and uh, they sent him home when they shouldn't have. And then it got worse and he ended up having to have, you know, uh, surgery um, on some infections and stuff inside of him. And so uh, he's a young guy who has a, a young girl and a, a, a couple kids and a family he's trying to support. And he's having problems with the bills. Uh, so he put up a GoFundMe, and uh, uh, you can check that out if you go over to uh, GoFundMe.com. Uh, search for his name, Christopher Matas, M-A-T-T-A-S. Um, right so far, he's uh, raised $390. Uh, looking to get 1500 as is the goal, it says. Uh, but it looks like uh, some people are helping him out. So we want to try to spread the word to the community. Hey, if you know Chris, or even if you don't, if you can spare a couple bucks, uh, this guy's a good good kid, and he he needs some help. So let's uh, let's band together here and see if we can help him. I told him I would talk about it on the podcast uh, and try to bring some awareness uh, uh, to what his needs are. And he's just basically trying to keep up with the bills as he gets through this, uh, and he can get back to work. All right, Poor so help guy. him out, guys. Yeah, tough break. And as so many of us live paycheck to paycheck, and and uh, when something bad happens, it's uh, it it turns into a, a even a worse situation than it needs to be. So uh, it's nice to see some people are helping him out. I hope we can uh, drive some other help for him. So, all right, what's next? Well, we haven't had one in a week or two, so uh, we got another poll. Um, this one's about uh, dirt. Do you think they should put more cars into dirt? And uh, this this one's really interesting. Um, out of 132 votes, it's split right in the middle. 50-50. Wow. 66 and 66. Um, yes and no. Uh, <laughs> don't think we've ever seen that. That's kind of funny. Um, Steve Reese did uh, comment on this on this poll, and uh, he says uh, tracks are certainly our primary focus at this point, with a good handful already scanned, um, and there is one more car in the works as well. Um, I think that's all we know that there's one more coming. So I'm sure a lot of the dirt guys are going to get pretty excited over this. But uh, as well as yeah, uh, they're putting their their main focus on to getting more tracks for dirt. Yeah, that's what they're going to be working on uh, probably through the rest of the year is just getting all these tracks out. I think the car he mentions is that UMP Modified that we talked about. All right, next up, let's talk World GP. Martin Kroenke is uh, almost uh, to the title here uh, with an almost insurmountable 71-point lead over Bono Huis with two rounds to go, meaning that Kroenke only needs eight points to secure the title, 
or a 28th place finish or higher in the last two events. That's if Luis drives flawlessly and wins. So uh, he's got it wrapped up. All he's got to finish is 28th or better in two races. With the way he's been racing this season, um, yeah, 28, probably going to finish easily top five. Yep. Uh, So congrats to Martin. He's really getting it done. Uh, I'm still interested to see how he's going to do with the world's fastest gamer stuff. Uh, I think Bono Huis is already a finalist, uh, as well as Gregor Hutu. And then they're having the uh, the events coming up here uh, shortly uh, that for everybody else who's going to make it in. And I'm sure Martin's going to be part of that. But, uh, wow, what a, what a f- run this year. It's amazing uh, how the tide has turned. All right, what's next? I'm going to let you take on this one here. I think this is a late addition, and I don't have anything oh, to yeah, say about th- it. Yeah, this guy, James Swinbanks. We've talked about him in the past on the podcast. Uh, he's a writer. He's a gamer. Uh, he has a. He lives in uh, Australia, uh, but he's really into the gaming industry stuff, and he does do iRacing. Uh, I know James from Twitter, basically. I follow him on Twitter, and um, he got an article posted on IGN.com website. And this is a very popular uh, video gaming website about everything that has to do with video games. P- uh, PlayStation, Xbox, PC, Nintendo, whatever it is, eSports, they cover it all. And this is a very popular website with lots of traffic. Anyway, uh, James put up a nice feature article um, about how my team won the 24 Hours of Le Mans. And uh, I read through this, and I thought it was interesting, and I thought we would talk about it a little bit. But uh, basically, uh, it's a story about uh, how James and his team uh, fought through the 24-hour race, how they planned their schedule, uh, figured out who was going to run when. Uh, They had people from the United States and from Australia, so they could cover all hours of the event, and so on. And and then what happened during the event, and literally... um, how they got behind and they were P2 for a real long time and, uh, and so forth, but eventually won the race. So, um, it's a great racing story. If you like to, to read about racing, this is a, a good one. So check it out at IGN.com. Uh, we just published, uh, yesterday, I believe. Cool. I'll definitely take a look at that. I'm on that set a lot and looks interesting. Yeah. Yeah, everything's uh, James Swinbanks works on. Uh, he does pretty good in. He's he's also been known to make top split at the Indy 500, uh, iRacing Indy 500. Uh, he typically is really quick there, and so he's also known for for running uh, real good at Indy as well. So, uh, kudos, James. I hope you're listening. I think he is one of our listeners. All right, uh, I'll pick up the next one. Next topic is hardware. Let's jump into hardware. I found this website. I don't even know how, but it's uh, chippedwood.wordpress.com. And this guy, I don't know who it is. I don't have a name, but he has a blog about his wooden 
iRacing equipment. And he makes all his wheels, pedals, cockpit, everything out of wood. Everything is made out of wood. And it's like nice wood, like a dining room table kind of wood. Like it's really nice and shiny and like a a good maple or something like that. Uh, It's amazing work. And uh, you got to check this website out just to see the pictures. Yeah, it's... um... He, he's done a hell of a job. I mean, just about everything on this thing is is wood, and um, the case for his his computer and and everything. Um, <laughs> I could imagine the amount of time he spent on this, but uh, um, you know, if his the wife pedals. didn't want, yeah, yeah. Um, I I thought I read that he made mention about his wife not wanting a big ugly uh, rig in his, in the living room. Well. I think this one would uh, would make her a little happier because it is very pretty. Yeah, the pedals are amazing. I mean, literally the entire thing is wood except for like the springs and the little shock absorber thing. But everything else is wood. That's uh, that's definitely interesting because I'm sitting there going, how is he getting his force feedback? And then it goes into it. And I'm like, well, I, th- there you go. <laughs> Yeah, there's a steering wheel here. Even the wheel itself is wood. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. I'm like, how are you getting force feedback through a wooden wheel? <laughs> well, he's got a motor un- in underneath it, you know, or whatever, but uh, or behind it, you know. Pretty cool. It's called chippedwood.wordpress.com. All right, what's next? Well, I. Uh... They say that the GeForce GTX 10 series um, is going up in price, and that's uh, due to the the price increase of GDDR5 RAM. Um, so they're ex- they're expecting uh, the graphics cards for the whole the whole 10 series um, to to go up a little bit. Yeah, this will affect the entire industry. Um, the memory RAM memory is uh, there's an availability problem. Um, a supply problem and uh, any kind of graphics card the price is going to be higher than it used to be they're saying a hundred dollars on top of the premium ones uh, the premium ones will go up by a hundred so uh, if they haven't gone up already and you're in the market you better check this out before it goes up <laughs> yeah yeah no they, they say like average across the board will be uh, a 10 percent increase um, but that's still uh, still quite significant, and yeah, especially with the, the higher end cards there. That's um, get them now, guys. Yep. All right, let's jump into real life racers and iRacing racing mix in the real world. Dale Jr. again on his podcast at Dirty Mo Racing uh, talks about iRacing racing uh, for several minutes uh, this last week. Uh, again, uh, he did this a few weeks ago as well. Uh, this time, uh, this is what he said, uh, a few of the things he said. He said, iRacing is the best sim available on the market. It is very technical. These guys are legitimate engineers these days, referring to uh, the way you can set up the car with the setups and the springs and the shocks and the tire pressure and all that. Uh, he also, Dale also talked about the release of dirt. He talked about day-to-night transitions. He talked about dynamic track. 
um, he was basically describing what's going on in iRacing these days. Uh, and I was kind of impressed by how well versed he's, he actually is up on it. He, he actually knows about what's going on, it seems like. Uh, he does. He did say, I don't race much anymore, but I do follow what's going on. Um, and the last part he said is, I think that iRacing should be the fourth NASCAR series. And um, he was saying that he thinks in the near future, people will be able to make a living racing and sim racing. And I, he said something along those lines. And, hey, we should really get NASCAR. He said if we could get a good sponsor and, and, and really you know, promote this thing correctly, and it would become NASCAR's fourth series. That is so cool to hear Dale Jr. talk about that that way. Yeah, they because then NASCAR would turn it into a total eSport, and that's kind of the direction. I know iRacing's been wanting to go for a while. They're trying to, you know, get more into the eSport market, and, you know, because that brings them in ideally more money because it puts more eyeballs on it. Well, you know how we have... Monster Energy, you got Xfinity, you got Camping World. We need a fourth sponsor for that fourth series. At, we'll really just take it and market it the correct way, get it out there, you know, in the media, and, and get it promoted how it should be promoted correctly, you know, and have proper drivers and everything. Uh, well, it's certainly possible. Well, that also not, not not just that. Like I was watching TV the other night, and I happened to be on NBC SN, the sports channel, and this was at like I don't know nine or ten o'clock at night, and randomly it had an eSport uh, episode of a Rocket League match, and I'm like, and I kind of thought to myself, I'm like, if this can get on NBC SN, and you know, however many people watch it, I thought to myself, I'm like, why doesn't iRacing get something like this and get like, I know they have the iRacing, you know, the, the live stuff, and that's great, but I mean, to just, you're randomly flipping through channels, and you see an iRacing race, and you're, like, thinking it's NASCAR, and then you're like, oh, wait, it's not, what is this? And you start watching, and then, you know, then you go, and you look, and you might sign up, or you might keep watching, you know, who knows? You know, the Peak Series, as it is right now, was really that, an attempt of, to do what we were just, just we're talking about to be that four series, but it never really took off like that. It, it needs something injected into it. I don't know if that's money, a sponsor, maybe it's Dale Jr. talking about it. I don't know, but uh, we're not there yet. But it's you can see it's coming. You can feel it. You know, just like this Invitational Pro Series where we're bringing in the pros. You know, uh, maybe that's can. You know, maybe it's because the Peak Series is a bunch of uh, sim racers and it's not real racers. Maybe it needs to be real racers to really get traction in the, you know, mainstream. Well, you know, maybe this this um, Invitational Series, you know, if going, uh, you know, going forward, they, they, they continue with it, but they, they put it on just before the end pass. Um, might get people to stick around and watch the, the end pass series. Um and just open it up more. I mean, we're, we're constantly seeing, you know, week after week, more and more the the, the top tier guys talking about iRacing racing and how great it is and how much fun it is and 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 how realistic uh, it really is. Um, I mean, it's it's only only quite frankly a matter of time before before it really takes off. Yeah. Yep. 
It also right. depends too. Like I'm, I, I know, you know, like, like you said, it's a bunch of sim racers, but I also, you know, you, you see an occasional NASCAR up and coming talent or regular driver, you know, get on iRacing every once in a while, but we don't have somebody that's like on top of racing. This is what I do. You don't, you just don't really have that. Yeah. All right. What's next? Well, Casey Kane uh, posted up another video on his Facebook, uh, throwing down some laps at Darlington. Um, looked like he was uh, having a lot of fun, and he got a he got a lot of reactions in his in his comment section, um, and a few of them that he replied to. Uh, you know, people asking, you know, is 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 it as good as they say it is? And um, you know, Casey Kane obviously says nothing be actually be, you know be be nothing beats being in an actual car, but you know, you can't get any closer than this. So, you know, just more more positive vibes from the, uh, you know, from the from the big guys doing the doing the big racing. Yeah, it's kind of neat to see the rig he's on. Uh, you can't really see what, if he has a cockpit or anything, but he's sitting at a nice AccuForce wheel. He's got a really widescreen monitor, single monitor, maybe like a forty-two inch widescreen, and uh, yeah, he's. Uh, Doing some laps. It's kind of cool to see him on there. Uh, and like you said, to have him comment back on some of the, the fan comments. Uh, one guy said, any pointers? He said, be patient through one and two. Get down the hill off two. is huge for a fast lap and take care of the right side. Good luck. That's still yeah. big considering, you know, he does. he's been doing it for a living for, what, 10 years now, 15 years? I mean... Casey Kane's been there, it seems like, almost as long as Dale Jr., so. Well, I mean, that that's cool, too. I mean, you can reach out to these guys and say, hey, you know, I don't do the real thing, but I, I sim race. Um, you know, can you help me? You know, what do you got for this track? All right. Next up is a, a video uh, I found of Shane Van Gisbergen. Uh, now, I've raced with Shane several times in the NASCAR iRacing series. Uh, he's not in there full-time, but he does show up for some races. His iRating is right about 3,000, I believe, so he's been in my split several times. Uh, anyway, if you know Shane or don't know Shane, you should check out this video. Uh, I actually found it on Steve Meyer's uh, Twitter feed. Um, he posted a video uh, that was recently put on YouTube where it was the father-son racing challenge between Shane and his dad, who is a former rally driver, Robert Van Gisbergen. And uh, it's kind of neat to see them in their element. Um, I've raced with this guy online. I haven't really seen him race uh, uh, too, too much. I've seen him a little bit in the V8 supercar stuff. Uh, but in this race with his dad, he's doing rallies, uh, dirt rally kind of thing. And uh, it's pretty cool to see him out there uh, in his element, on the track, in the Red Bull car, getting it done. This this video is a lot of fun to watch, too. I mean, th those two guys are just having a having a freaking blast out there doing it. And I, I really liked, uh, you know, the old man showing him up on the on the on the dirt side of things um he seemed pretty proud of himself too yeah i think he schooled him a little bit there but uh both obviously uh champion drivers there for sure all right what's next well 
you know, another week and another checkered flag for Mr. Ty Majeski. Um, this, this kid's just on fire. Uh, Dell's Raceway Park is the uh, is the latest one, and uh, I don't know much about the race, Mike. I'm sure you do, but um, you know, there's just well, no stopping him. He was with a different team this at this track, so a totally different team than he's been running with. Different car, different mechanics, different crew chiefs. Everything is different. Totally different team. And he goes in there, gets in the car, and wins the freaking race. So basically, just put a steering wheel in this kid's hand, and, and he's he's going to bring it home for you. Now, I didn't r- write this down, but uh, I there was a podcast put out by Nate Ryan from NBC Sports uh, where he interviewed Mark Martin, who's the uh, Hall of Famer. And Mark Martin had some very nice things to say about Ty Majeski on that podcast, uh, saying he's the future of Roush Racing. Um, this kid, you know, reminds him like of Matt Kenseth uh, and how Matt used to run and so forth. And lots of really nice comments by, Matt, uh, you know, Mark Martin. Uh, this kid has definitely got it, and, we, and he proves it. I don't know how many times we've talked about this guy winning races, but he's winning them, I'll tell you what. Yeah, well, I know we're talking more often than not about him winning races, and, you know, obviously he's he's um, he's putting in his time right now and, and, and gaining that much-needed experience. Um, but, yeah, it's not going to be too long before before he's moving up and, and you know, he's going to be headlining things. This, um, you know, good on him, man. Yeah, and he raced in that Tuesday event, the Pro Invitational, and I said he had led the early laps until he almost spun it. If he hadn't have spun it, I think he would have won that race. I mean, he was looking really good. Uh, so I expect him to do really well in that series on a go-forward basis. I expect him to win there as well. Uh, next up, a thread about Austin Sindrick who in the truck race at uh, Mosport, Canadian Mosport track this week, did a little bit more than a bump and run to win the race. Uh, He moved this guy out of the way. Uh, He totally ran into him, ran him off the track, and took the win. Uh, It was dirty racing. Um, There was a lot of blowback from the NASCAR fans about it uh, on social media. Um, and not a lot of people real happy with how that, that race finished, except for the guy who won it, obviously. And uh, so what do you guys think? I, you know, this is, you know, we're talking about it in iRacing because what NASCAR does on the track for real affects how we drive on, the, on our tracks in the simulator as far as what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And uh, what do you think? If we did this in iRacing, is it considered acceptable? It's not considered acceptable, but on the other hand, that's how Dale Earnhardt Sr. made his living. Nobody questions when, that's why he was called the Intimidator. Nobody ever questioned when he came and bumped people out of the way and was winning, what, what, what did he win, like four or five championships? I, I don't remember. I was, I was real young when, you know, getting into NASCAR when that was going on. But, I mean, I used to see him all the time at short tracks or, you know, especially a couple of Daytona wins, he'd just come up to somebody, bump them, get them loose, get them out of the way, and win the race. Yeah. Now, now NASCAR's moved away from that rough-and-tumble type of racing, but, I mean, their motto used to be, rubbing is racing. 
Well, let me remind you, last year at this same race, at this same track, Joe Nemechek and Cole Custer got into it coming to the checkered and ran each other off the road trying to win the race, and it was a real ugly finish. And uh, Nemechek really kind of forced his way into the win by wrecking Cole Custer. And uh, this is really very similar to what happened last year. Uh, again, NASCAR hasn't said a word about it, you know. And um, so that kind of put Austin Sindrick on the defensive. He was actually on uh, MRN Motorsports uh, podcast, or it's called MRN Monday. And uh, basically uh, was defending himself. Um, he was saying, uh, I'm going to read his quote here. It's pretty obvious what happened. I may have been too honest about what went through my head in order to make that happen. I don't race that way, contrary to what most people think, especially after yesterday. But honestly, it's the game NASCAR has set up for us to play, which isn't a negative, but it also is not a positive. Guys have dumped people for wins, especially at that track, for many, many years. I honestly wouldn't have done it unless I had an incentive. My incentive was to get the team a win, and my incentive was to get us in the playoffs. If we were already in the playoffs, I would have not done it. It's just one of those deals that you have to get yourself to do. Well, when when the the Xfinity race, when they raced at uh, Mid-Ohio on the last lap, the first and second guys, the second guy bumped the first guy, spun them both. Uh, They both continued. The guy in second, you know, got managed to save his car faster and won the race, and the guy in second managed, um, I think he still finished second. The guy in third almost caught him because they were both kind of pulled away. So, I mean, that happened last week at Mid-Ohio, and, you know, this happened this week in the trucks. I mean, just that's, he's right, NASCAR has set that up because that's, again, that's been NASCAR's motto for the past 20, 30-plus years, Rubbin's Racing. I don't know. That thing last week, it was more like, I don't know if, if if that was as intentional as this was this week. This was l- really intentional. I mean, no. He went into the corner. And instead of hitting the brake, he actually hit the gas. That's no, I got intentional you. That, that, no, last week wasn't as intentional, but but I'm just saying a case can be made. I'm, I'm saying NASCAR has shown these guys this is how you need to run if at times you want to get wins. That's yeah, all I'm yeah. saying. And he, so got the, when, he walked away with the trophy. I mean, it's not like they took the trophy from him or anything. He so won when, the race. So when guys see that, you know, they they try to emulate it as best they can. And, you, you know, I, I see it, you know, especially in our splits all the time. Guys try to come in super hot. They think they're going to move somebody and then end up wrecking half the field because that's what they see. So that's what they try to emulate. Right, like if I'm in second and I'm going and I see the leader up ahead of me and we're coming to the end, it's perfectly okay to dive bomb it in there and wreck him because I saw that on TV and it makes it okay. Exactly. Yeah. So. Well, no, like I, uh, I don't follow the the truck series. Um, I should because uh, there's some pretty exciting racing going on there. But um, is it they're they're vying for a playoff spot? Um, I don't know. I got to kind of lean to the other side, you know, like, yeah, it, it sucks when it happens to you. Um, 
you know, we, we see bumping and stuff all around. I know this was a little harder than your regular bump on the track, but um, these guys are also, um, they don't have as much experience as the, as, as the other guys too. Maybe they're just kind of feeling their way through that. Sometimes it's intentional, yada, yada, yada. But, um, you know, let them race. That's, that's kind of where I sit with that. No, I got you. And, and Mike, to, to give you another example. So I remember when I told you, you asked my, my interview, when I told you I came back to iRacing, the second win that I won was on a rookie uh, street stock. We were at Charlotte. I was in third. Like you said, the guy in second, you know, they were they were a good four or five seconds ahead of me. I had no shot at catching them. Dive bomb the leader, took them both out. They both spun, and I just came up to pick up the win. It just that's considered unfortunately acceptable behavior. And then they they back it up with with stuff like that. But at the same time, you know, we're not we're not racing for money. We're not, I mean, you know, I understand peak is, but I'm saying, you know, 99% of us on iRacing, we're not racing money for money. We're just racing for fun. It's not our profession. Yep. Well, it'll be interesting to see how iRacers race, uh, you know, as this is becoming more acceptable with the whole bump and run thing. Uh, anything goes uh, to win situation. I think, you know, it's still a self-policing sport, either in the NASCAR or in sim racing. Uh, you take that guy out for the win, uh, he's going to get you back. There's going to be a time when, you know, he's behind you, and uh, it's going to be the other uh, way around. And I think it'll all self-police. I think Austin Sindrick, he'll get he'll get what's coming to him. It'll either Karma will get him, or Cosgrala, uh, the guy he took out, will get him. Uh, but you know he'll he'll have to pay for that win one way or another. Oh yeah, he's he's totally got one coming for him. But um, you know that, I don't know, man. That, like that just keeps some of the exciting stuff. Like you know, like if if my driver dive bombs uh, trying to go for the win, and uh, you know he doesn't make it, but he but he tried, man. Um, you know, as a you know as a sponsor or team owner, as a fan. I, I want to see those moves. I want to see him actually go for those moves. Even if he doesn't do it, doesn't make it, crashes out, um, at, at least he's trying rather than just sitting back and just letting the race, uh, you know, just let somebody else win the race because he was he didn't want to try or too afraid to, to wreck his car. Yep. Well, we'll have to see how that goes. Let's jump into final thoughts now. Uh, Tony, what do you got? Oh, <laughs> Tony is so stoked for Richmond. I've been sitting on the sidelines for three weeks now. Um, uh, as soon as we get done recording, I'm jumping on the track, throwing down some laps and, uh, you know, gearing up. I can't make tomorrow's race, but Thursday night, um, just so excited. I Three weeks seems like a freaking lifetime. Um, so bring it on Thursday night. It's going to be great. All right. Uh, yeah, Richmond's coming. David Flowers, your final thoughts. Yeah, I'm 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 stoked as well for Richmond. I can't wait. And Tony, you and I'll be in the same split. I'll I'll jump on with you for some practice laps. And you know, don't don't get mad when I practice putting you in the wall because you know Rubbin's racing. <laughs> I'm I'm just kidding. I I try to run as clean as possible. I, I I really do. I although I I can't win for losing some nights because I swear my car is just a magnet for wrecks right now. I don't know why. All right. 
Uh, my final thought is, uh, boy, I have a new schedule at work. It's coming out in October. It'll go for six months. I'm going to work four 10-hour shifts. I'm going to have three days off a week. I'm going to have Sunday off, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So Tuesday's good because that's when we record the podcast and we do practice, and that's when we're going to be running the uh, Road to Pro in the off-season, uh, which starts uh, in November and runs through uh january so that's on tuesday night so that works out real good for that wednesday i'll still be able to run both open and fixed because that'll be a day off as well and then sunday i'll be able to run as well but i'm gonna have to give up thursday and friday and saturday for running nis uh my hours are 7:45 a.m to 7:45 p.m or something like that i have an hour lunch in there so no it's 8:45 to 7:45. uh but anyway uh, yeah, I'm kind of disappointed. I'm going to be able. To, I'm going to have to start missing the Thursday night race. Uh, a lot of our team races on Thursdays, so I'm kind of bummed about that. But uh, kind of like the idea of three days off a week. Uh, I'm wondering what I'm going to do with myself. Maybe some more eye racing, but we'll see. All right, and with that, uh, we'll see you later. Bye bye. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.